So we are so excited. The gang is finally back together after a little hiatus. Homeworkies podcast. And I'm Rachel and Amber is here. And uh, Hi guys. Yeah. It's me. I'm back. <laughs> yeah. Ruth was so nice to fill in last week and she did such a great job. You guys, do you, how much do you guys love Ruth? Because it should be a million, <laughs> a million loves to Ruth, you guys. We certainly love her a million times, and uh, it was it was really fun talking the Winterfest movies. Also, no Winter. joke, you guys, between in our chats between me and Rachel, like three times a day, it's just like I just love Ruth so much. Yeah. So, you know, it's true. She's it really is. Week <laughs> we decided to do something special because we're kind of right in the middle of the Valentine's movies, and uh, we decided to talk about the Olympics coming up. Woo! Yeah. And uh, are you a big Olympics fan? I am really into the Olympics. Hashtag Team USA. Let's go. Let's go. Um, and no, I just love them. I love, I'm a very competitive person. And there's like nothing better than being like super competitive um, and like really wanting to win. But all you have to do is actually watch TV and okay. people do it for you. So um, I love the Olympics. Now, I would say that I'm not the biggest sports fan in general. I mean, I, I don't hate it like some girls, but I, for some reason, have always loved the Olympics too. I'm with you there. Uh, ever since I was a little girl, I remember watching uh, figure skating in like 88, you know, and then watching the, the one I remember the most is the Chrissy Yamaguchi when she won, I think I was 92 and just thinking it was the coolest thing ever. Oh. <laughs> so the Chrissy Yamaguchi is your most memorable figure. No, skating? no, that was the first one that I remember. Oh, okay. That was the first one I remember. And of course, and I've always loved the, uh, the, even the Summer Olympics and the Winter Olympics. I just always loved the Olympics. In fact, uh, when they, they used to, well, they still are only every four years, but it used to be that both of them were yeah. every four years. And I, I, I would beg my parents to get TV so that we could watch the Olympics because we, we didn't have TV a lot of times growing up. And please, let's have the Olympics. And it was I would try really to say, hard uh, living uh, back in the uh, <laughs> mountains, in the backwoods, huh? Yeah, pretty much. And uh, <laughs> and my parents do not value media at all, at all. Like the only way I was able to convince them, like they don't watch movies, they don't watch TV at all. And the only way I was able to convince them was to uh, there's a, a thing at our church called General Conference, and I was like, we can watch General Conference. And, and that, that, that would convince them, but I, it was only the years of the Olympics and they'd get rid of it and then we'd have it again. And uh, anyway, so I just love the Olympics. I just always found it so inspiring. Obviously the most memorable Olympics of my life was in 2002 when they came here to Utah. I was, we got, uh, I think I was a sophomore at BYU at the time and we got to the whole two weeks off. It was really amazing. And I, like, it was so crazy to me because a bunch of my friends were like going out of town and stuff for the two weeks. And I'm like, this is the coolest thing that will ha ever happen here. You're leaving. So I thought that was crazy. And I went to as many things as I could. And I would just uh, kind of hang out downtown. They have this big, uh, big uh, screen. You could watch what was going on inside if I couldn't get in. Mm -hmm. Just cheer and cheer and cheer. And uh, I went to, like I said, as many things as I could. I went to the Nordic events. And it was actually surprisingly fun because you had these, these commentators who were, like, super into it. And they, they could spit out those, like, Scandinavian names, like, so fast. Like, Bjorn Dolan, Bjorn Dolan, goes, you know. And it <laughs> made it really fun. And uh, I, I went to, the only figure skating I got into was ice dancing, mm -hmm. which would have been fine. But it was the one where they all danced to the same song. So it was a little not as fun. Um, but, uh, um, and like the thing with ice dancing is you can't really tell like who's better, like as a stadium viewer, like, whereas like other stuff you can tell like, oh, they fell. Yeah. So obviously it's not as good. Uh, <laughs> it's like ice dancing. So like, Ooh, they were a little less off on sink or something. I don't mm -hmm. know. Anyway, but it was still fun. And I went to a bunch of hockey games because they were right in Provo. 
and uh, I didn't get to go on any snowboarding, so that was disappointing. But anyway, I went to as many things as I could, and I just had such an amazing experience. It's something I'll never forget, and I hope someday to be able to go to a Summer Olympics, maybe when it comes to LA, maybe I'll go. Yeah. But, um, um, I, the only event we went to for the 2002 Salt Lake Olympics that I went to mm-hmm. was um, s- speed skating. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so it was pretty fun. Um, was it the, the long track or the short track? It was short track. Oh, fun. It was really fun, um, which is maybe why I like the speed skating storyline <laughs> in the fourth, maybe. spoiler alert, in the fourth <laughs> The Cutting Edge movie. Um, and then also we went to um, Metal Ceremony. Oh, nice. Where Dave Matthews' band played. Ooh. I felt so That's cool. cool. <laughs> yeah, that is cool. We stood outside on some of them just to like listen in. I did that to pay tribute, I guess, to the Olympics, we would talk because about... Because the Olympics exist, and why not? We exactly. <laughs> and so we're going to talk about the cutting edge, not just the first one, the first classic. We are going to talk about all of them in the whole series, and uh, it's going to be pretty fun. And we know they're not Hallmark movies, and it's right. very apparent in the later movies that they were not made by Hallmark. So, I, on, in all good conscience, I can't recommend them. <laughs> no, definitely not. Uh, but it'll still be fun to talk about. This is what we would call a Hallmarkies bonus. That's correct. That's right. And I did ask uh, on Twitter today uh, what people thought of the series, and I got some a few responses. Uh, we have Jennifer Abella. She says the first one is obviously a classic! Uh, exclamation point. Saw it in middle school and cannot watch, can't not watch when it's on TV. A mm-hmm. negative there. The others were definitely not great. I think there was one in particular, can't remember which one, where the couple from the previous installment broke up, which, what? And I said, that's actually in three and four. Yeah. <laughs> she, says, she says, like, how can you just negate a whole movie? I just watched the original. I got no time for <laughs> also rants. So there you go. She's yeah. got no time. And, uh, and then uh, I've seen it on uh, Hallmark. She says, love the original. Cannot recall if I've seen the others. And then Michelle Benson says, the first one is great. The sequels aren't anywhere near as good, but I enjoyed watching them mostly because of the actors involved like Brendan Fair and Matt Lander. Lanter. So there you go. Yes. Okay. We'll talk about, we'll talk. We'll <laughs> in a minute. So that is that. So here's the the question that I want to start out with and kind of think about as we're talking about particularly this first one is how much, because these all four basically have the same core story, right? And so how much is our love of the first one influenced by nostalgia and how much is it objectively better? So I really want to, we're going to talk about that. And uh, so let's talk about the first one. Okay, let's do it. Okay. So the first one, it was made in 1992. And this was like, there's, there's a certain class of movies that I refer to as sleepover movies. They're like okay. usually like romances, but like my girlfriends and I would, would watch a sleepover. Dirty Dancing, Cutting Edge. Um, uh, oh my gosh, of course my brain is... Um, ice Castles. I <laughs> <laughs> Ice Castles. Um... And uh, just like movies like that, that were just like uh, Can't Buy Me Love, um, movies like that from the, uh, some kind of wonderful, those movies that were like really romantic uh, and um, really cute and uh, kind of like what I think kids today would watch like High School Musical and stuff like that. This was kind of, because I was 11 when this movie came out. So this was like kind of. I was kind of in that age when this was like so great because I love the Olympics. I love ice skating. And uh, this was totally kind of a sleepover type movie yeah. for me. So it starts D.B. Sweeney and Moira Kelly. And uh, tell us, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about the cutting edge? The first. plot itself? Yeah. So basically Moira Kelly is a super big brat and D.B. Sweeney 
plays hockey, and then he gets totally cheap-shotted and, like, loses some of his sight, so he can't play hockey anymore. Right. So he's like, oh, and she's such a diva that she can't have a partner. So they recruit him to be her pair's figure skating partner. And he's like, I love hockey, but I'll do this because I'm good at this. And she's like, I'm very fancy. Ha ha ha. Toe pick. Yeah, and he's, um, kind, he's kind of like a more sort of like middle class kind of working blue collar kind of person. Yeah. And she's more of like a white collar kind of person. Yeah, it's, you know, it's also like a princess and a guy from the wrong side of the tracks yeah, movie yeah, yeah. and and all of that um and then of course obviously they train and they fall in love and it's a little complicated because she has a boyfriend then fiance and mm-hmm. he's uh, the worst sort of everybody's mm-hmm. kind of terrible in this movie i'm gonna be honest mm-hmm. her boyfriend hale hale's fine actually like does he he's not even rude like I, um, Rachel. Yeah, I guess. I guess he's fine. He's a completely decent guy. <laughs> like he he works hard, and that's his flaw, I guess. <laughs> but they didn't really have any connection or chemistry. Well, I know that's fine. I'm just saying, like, he's not a bad guy. It's not <laughs> like enough, when they when they and it's not like when he's finds out that she, or realizes that she is in love with Doug that he's like you dirty whore he's just like okay i guess i'm gonna leave bye Mm -hmm. like which is completely reasonable response to finding out your fiance's in love with someone else Mm -hmm. yeah and and it's true and you know they they kind of go they go back and forth and back and forth and and uh he he has his uh little like little flings and whatever and and uh, they're all kind of trying to to get back at each other and they have this kind of Russian sort of coach, kind of. Yeah. And uh, they they end up, like, it ends up this climactic uh, moment where they start to train to do this special move. The Pemchenko. Pemchenko. And it's, it looks extremely dangerous. I'm sure it wouldn't be allowed in actual competition. But uh, where they just, like, spin and fling and fling and fling. And... Uh, uh, it's pretty exciting, and it comes down to the the last the last minute. It's like, are we gonna do it? We're not gonna do it. And uh, <laughs> and he's like, I love you, and she's like, we're doing it, and just, not like not it, but like doing the right. move. And uh, just remember who said it first. That's right. Uh, <laughs> the end. We watched it. There you go. <laughs> so, what do you think works about this film? Um, So things that work about it is obviously that it's about figure skating, which is just on its surface, a very interesting sport. Mm -hmm. Like the rules are weird, but it's like super glamorous because they wear all the fun costumes. It's like very precise, but also very artistic. So, I mean, it's, it's literally the gymnastics of, (laughs) of, uh, Winter sports. Ice, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's also like a really weird sport. The scoring's yeah. all weird and obviously, obviously the judges can cheat and steal yeah. the gold from Canada. Um, <laughs> well, since that happened, they tried to like make it more objective. They changed the point system around, but uh, it's still obviously is somewhat subjective because it's, do you think, the, you know, there's that artistic component and it is kind of the, the Barbie uh Barbie of sports, like in a way, uh, even more than gymnastics, I think, because in gymnastics, yeah, I guess they have little things on their leotards, but it's just not as um, dependent on music and whatever. Yeah, and but like it's to... super dope. Like I'm not hating on on ice skating. Oh my like, gosh, I love it. And or ice dancing or ice costume, anything like team mm-hmm. team this sport and genre of sports mm-hmm. ice. And, you know, hockey's great, too. Well, they um, have team competition now. Did you know that? They in do? the Olympics. Yeah. Yeah. They, for the, in the last Olympics, it was the first time. Because the Americans got um, bronze, uh, bronze medal on the team. Obviously, the Americans are going to win everything. <laughs> I mean, some. Um, yeah. 
because I just think that we just don't have enough to do. Like we don't have enough worries. We're just like, <laughs> we're just going to train for the Olympics. Um, okay. Where were we? Yeah. So we were just talking about this movie. <laughs> so like for me, the reason why I think this one works is I think that the dialogue is pretty snappy. I think yeah. uh, they managed to keep, I think it's particularly tricky with her that they managed to keep her likable enough despite her being the sort of prima donna. And I think it's because she's sort of sarcastic and that's sort of funny. And so it keeps yeah. her sort of likable, you know, when she's like taunting him. And, and, and also uh, he's like also likable. They're both very likable despite being kind of bad people. Like <laughs> jerky people. Yeah. Well, I, I would say jerky people, but they're very self, self-absorbed people. They, yeah, they're, they're super right on the edge. Like, <laughs> they're on the cutting edge of it being too much, but they're fine. They know where to, you know, where to pull the line, which is very impressive because it's obvious. It gets pretty apparent by the time we watch the fourth one that it's a hard line to, to walk um, without becoming irritating. Mm-hmm. But also, I do want to say um, the figure skating in this one is really great. And it's, I think, mostly because the body doubles they have for the figure skaters are pr- very similar body size and shape mm-hmm. as the actors. Yeah, I found this really interesting article. It's called The Cutting Edge Ice Castles, Ice Princess, The Painfully Uneven Canon of Figure Skating Movies. I'll put a link in the description section, but, but she, the only ones that this, this writer likes is the parody movie Blades of Glory and The Cutting Edge. And she says in it that uh, for one thing, the leads figure skating Chris, Kate, and ex-hockey star Doug are adults, which is interesting. That's true. Whereas also, the sequels are all I don't think they talked about this, but I am going to say this movie takes the place over two years. So mm-hmm. them, That's him true. being like, I love you at the end, totally reasonable. Like you yeah. could definitely fall in love with someone that you haven't been dating over the course of two years. And you could like realistically learn how to like figure skate a little bit more realistically, at least. Um, the older, it says the older actors give the movie a weight that the others uh, about and marketed to tweens are missing. Doug's transformation from hockey player to figure skater is never fully completed as he continues to campaign for bigger stunts, more powerful skating, and less feminine costumes. And backstabbing among competitors is relegated mostly to whispers and the occasional glare. A much more realistic depiction. So she likes that. Unlike you, I didn't like grow up watching this movie. Mm. I probably only discovered it a few years ago. I mean, I didn't discover okay. it. I knew, I always knew it existed, but I only mm-hmm. ever got around to watching it a few years ago. Which might be why it's like fine for me, but I don't love it like you do. Mm-hmm. So maybe nostalgia does, in fact, yeah. play a factor. <laughs> but it's fine. Yeah, I I fully admit that it at least does play a factor for sure. But uh, but it it I do think she has made some interesting points though about the fact that they are actually adults, that they actually you know that his character transformation is interesting, and that uh, they have some satisfying sequences some funny dialogue the uh, what do you think of the topic sequence do you like that you, you know it's it's okay mm-hmm. i was she's kind of irritating <laughs> <laughs> okay but, I mean, it's, it's kind of iconic it is iconic and it's and it's fine and she doesn't i mean she takes it a little far but that's when you're supposed to be like oh she's the worst yeah yeah i also found this interesting article uh is an interview by of db sweeney and he goes into a ton of detail about different things. Uh, that for three months, we skated almost every day together, and we would stay and play hockey. It let us get to know each other in different way than a normal rehearsal process, and it was very similar to what the characters go through in the movie. I think it was just a very natural, organic way to build a history for the characters. And uh, so I thought that was interesting, too. Why did you and, um, how do you say it, Moira? Moira. Decide... Moira decide not to do the sequel. <laughs> I just like he says because the script was terrible and they'd offer they offered us no money. So there you go. It was really simple. If yeah, and I agree. Decent, the script is terrible. <laughs> if the script had been decent and they don't offer us any money, she and I made a deal that we wouldn't do it without the other one. It was easy to stick to because the money was so insultingly low and the script was so bad. 
So there you go. Um, and he does say, I heard they were talking about remaking Casablanca in Hollywood right now. Not that Cutting Edge is anything like Casablanca, but there are some movies that if they work, you should just leave them alone. Agreed. There you go. Preach, D.B. Sweeney. Sweeney. <laughs> a lot of really good sort of like classic romantic comedy banter. Like the whole thing when they're about, when they're skating and they're arguing about his button. Yeah. And he's like, if, if it was 40 below, and that button at the difference between a long, satisfying life and a cold, horrible death from hypothermia, I still wouldn't give you the satisfaction. <laughs> it's really good. I mean, they're That's super irrational fun. and super irritating, <laughs> but it's actually still fine. Yeah, it's in a fun way. It's a, it's a, that romantic comedy kind of uh, adversaries, but really, you know, love that, that kind of a dynamic going on. And you also have sort of dynamic, like, she's a reader, he's not, like, she's, so it's not just hockey and figure skating. Like, it's, there's a lot of different dynamics in their life that they're kind of different on and they poke, you know, fun at and yeah. whatever. Overall, I just think, I, I, it's one of those movies that I think it just knows what it is and executes it pretty well. And there's definitely some super cheesy moments for sure. Like, anything dealing with the other um skaters like yeah. kind of taunting them or being like hey hey hockey you know whatever kind of that whole dynamic is 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 pretty cringy um and you know it's it's just it's one of those formula movies that mm -hmm. it's not like it's like obviously it's not like super realistic or like super whatever but uh i i do appreciate that they the skating does feel at least somewhat grounded i guess yeah, no, they did a really good job. Mm -hmm. I was super keyed into that because mm -hmm. of the, because I was trying to figure out when it was her double and her. Mm -hmm. and, and they must have filmed almost all of the scenes in their own gym, in her, their own ice rink, mm -hmm. before she broke her leg. Because she's right. skating a ton in that. And yeah. they both look really confident on the ice. Um, I, so, and, I, and, you know, it helps when you mm -hmm. don't go, why is this person... How am I supposed to believe that this person is an Olympic skater? Because mm -hmm. this is such a, tri a tricky dynamic to pull off. People think uh, like every romantic comedy is trying to be like trying to be Pride and Prejudice or Taming of the Shrew. You know, we have these adversaries that don't get along. But, but the thing with particularly with Pride and Prejudice that people forget is that Pride and Prejudice has many scenes where you see that Darcy and Lizzie are both beloved by other people. And yeah. so you know that they're good people and it's just them bonding. It's just They just don't get along with each other. But you, but you don't, because there's so many romantic comedies I go to, I'm just like, I hate both these people. I hate them. I don't want them to be happy. I don't want them to fall in love. They're terrible people. And so I think that it's, it's a trickier thing than you, than you might on first glance give it credit for, is how they're able to keep both these people adversaries yet still have you rooting for them still have you invested they they do a good job they really so. do the second one yes let's go i don't know 17 years in the future 2006 really, it's only 14 years in the future 14. cutting edge going for the gold i mean and somehow somehow doug and kate are married and they have a daughter and but it's not the same actors no it's not the same actors and she's like what 1820s not, not, like that, not yeah. 1820s but she's between 18 and 20 um and it's it's been 14 did, years did this get a theatrical release or is this made for tv uh, I wasn't sure. I cannot believe that this got a theatrical release i refuse to believe that that would get I'm sure this was, it might not have been a TV movie, though. It might have been straight Sony to TV. Pictures. I was looking at the IMDb. I cannot express in words how awful this movie is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, you got your eyes out graciously over, like, the ridiculous bad writing and acting. Try not to compare it. But then if you better original, you might walk away only moderately traumatized. <laughs> and I'm going to be completely honest right now. I'm spoiling it for you. I think, in my opinion, this is the worst one. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I can understand that. I totally can. And I think 
that I just kind of got sort of beaten down by the end and I was just sort of weary of it. Um, but it is really bad. So I get it. Somehow Jackie and Kate went through a time warp and they got a daughter who is at least six years older than she's supposed to be because it's only been 14 years since the last movie. Okay. Just, just let me start right there because that's very funny to me. Um, <laughs> yeah. She's like a very great singles figure skater and she hurts her leg. She can't be a, fig- a single skater anymore. So she has to join pairs <gasps> just like her parents. Yeah. And they're, and her dad, while she's recovering, forces her to go on a trip to California. Oh, and while girl. she's there, she meets this surfer bruh inline skater slash rollerblade gay who's also a valet. And for some reason, because he's a valet, she hates him. And for some reason, when he finds out she's a figure skater, he hates her. And they leave in a huff, and it's the most traumatic thing in the whole world. Yeah. Then he finds out she's looking for a figure skating partner, and he's like, you know what? Boom. Well, did you say he's a rollerblader? Did you say that? Yeah, he's a rollerblader. Okay, yeah, rollerblader. But even though he's a rollerblader and he's met this girl possibly for four hours one day, he's like, I'm dropping everything. I'm going to learn how to figure skate and I'm moving to the other side of the country (laughs) to hang out with her. She did lose her top in the ocean. So, I mean, there was that. No offense (laughs) to Ron Stevens, but I I doubt he noticed. Um, anyway, so he moves across the country to try to audition to be her partner. Her mom's like, oh, yeah, he's so great. And I said to myself, um, he's not that great, but he's better than her because she's terrible at figure skating. Spoiler alert. Yeah. The figure skating is really bad and they don't have any chemistry at all. Like, basically, you're supposed to believe that she's like the uptight one. He's the you know like cool can't we just like go and relax and whatever and she's like no we need to we need to train we need to train and i don't know she's just not that great of an actress okay he's a little little better than her but she's they're terrible both yeah they're both pretty bad both terrible and like he's he literally brings some other girl to the house we see his full naked bum yeah absurd no thanks that was a lot of skin. There's a lot of skin in this movie for a TV movie, I thought. Ooh. It was there was a lot of naked. They said the B word several times. Yeah. And he he's in the shower in her house with some other girl and like yada yada yada. They train, they decide to practice with each other still and he she like suggests because a reporter's like do you think you'll ever skate by yourself again? And she's like, maybe. And he's like, oh, the ultimate betrayal. Oh, and he just like leaves and it's ridiculous. And then she flies across the country to bring him back. And he's like, okay, I'll come back. But just so you know, I'm engaged to that girl that was in my shower. And she's like, what? Yeah. And then it, it just gets worse from there, you guys. And then... And, like, he gets mad at her for, like, wanting to become a solo skater again, which is ridiculous. Like, and it's not even that she wants it. She's just, like, leaving it open as a possibility down the road. And, like, just some of the lines are super bad. Like, I've written down, uh, this isn't your world. You've spent your whole life making fun of people like this. That's what the girlfriend says. The girlfriend and is so absurdly terrible. She's, like She's so bad. Everything and, about this is terrible. And he says, I like it. I like working hard. I like challenging myself. <laughs> this is really bad. And, um, uh, and he says, how come nobody's chanting? In the X Games, people chant. <laughs> and I'm like, like, not for you, dweeb. Yeah, like you might want to actually like watch an event before you go and compete on a national level. Like, might be helpful. X Games, people chant. It's just um, like... I couldn't deal with this movie. It was too stupid <laughs> for me. Super groan-worthy scene of her standing in front of the of his hotel room door and pouring her heart out to him. Oh, all his her love for him. And of course, who's on the other side of that door? Of course, the girlfriend. Of course. No, no, say it. The fiance. 
fiance, of course. Yes. Of course she's on the other side. Duh. And, uh, and Heidi says, you know, it's never going to work. And, <laughs> and, and, and you get the, uh, the, just before they go onto the, the ice, you know, you get their, uh, their confession of love, like in all of these movies. And, uh, and then, you know, supposedly there, uh, and he's, but he says he's going to re- be retiring after the, uh, after their skate at the Olympics. And, uh, she, she's really mad about that. And, you know, it's just like, I don't know. It's just, silly. it's just terrible, it's just but it silly. ends with him being like, Oh, I don't want to marry my fiance. I want to be with you forever. And they're like, perfect. We're in love. Pamchenko time. Pamchenko time. Then she, He's like, just remember who said I love you first. Pew, pew, pew. Yeah, and still not the original. And it's terrible. The end. Yeah. The next one, The Cutting Edge 3, this one I actually thought had the worst script of all four. I thought the script was pretty terrible. Um, and I think, racist. Yeah, little racist. Okay. A, little, a little bit racist. Yeah. Um, but it was also terrible. Yes. And in this one, you have Matt Lanter playing, he's the skater this time, Yeah, she's the hockey player. You know, ooh, isn't that clever? Yeah, and the skating was fine, and like, oh, she's the hockey player. But just kidding, she had training as a figure skater until she was 10. Um, Francia Reisa? Francia, I'm not sure you say her name. I would say Francia Reisa. Okay. Yeah, and you have this whole setup that his partner uh, hurts her ankle in this dangerous lift. Problem I had in three and four. In three, I've written down, I don't think skaters in training are all that famous until they win at the Olympics. And so the idea that he's like this big star and... I think, Rachel, what you need to dial down is... It's not like they're being accosted on the street. And yeah, he is. Like real He's like, people are there waiting to, like, for him to sign stuff and things. People are waiting for him at a skating rink. I mean, unless you're like, <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it's, a, like, it's a stupid movie, so maybe it's a nitpick, but it just, I was just like. Like the little <sighs> girls who go and get the autographs of the kids in the high school musicals not the high school musical like because like in the original they they don't try to make kate some kind of famous skater like everyone knows who she is whatever she's just like a normal skater that's just it's just a thing but like i'm assuming they're watching like the same channel like when they get interviewed by the news reporter aside from the last guy because he doesn't know me as much as this one as in the next one we'll talk about it more (laughs) But it did annoy me. And like just the whole like setting him up as this sort of prima donna, but not in a prima donna as in the first one, um, where it was just sort of her personality was sort of interesting and the way she was brought up and the things that she liked, reading, whatever. This is just like less interesting to me that he's just like famous. That's not as interesting to me. It's so ridiculous. Like not only does it have them having a misunderstanding where he's been waiting outside her door for 25 hours and then she sees him go into a room with someone else. There's also pictures of him very clearly kissing someone on the cheek and they're like, betrayal. And it's like, so uh, it's just absurd. I don't, I'm not even going to bother telling you audience about it because (laughs) I don't want your brains to rot, but it is not good. And And I I lost my concentration. This one better than the last one is very scathing about the, I lost my concentration. It was an unforgivable mistake. And he's all like, and somehow they end up doing the Plinchenko and in Plinchenko in this one. They actually didn't do the Plinchenko in the last one. It was like some other, it was like a mega it had some different name or whatever. It was stupid. And um, and like Celeste and the ex-coach get like engaged, but like he's really up to no good and and uh, trying to like undermine their partnership, which is so ridiculous. Like, why if he's if he's skating with somebody who's just barely like, why on earth would you feel threatened? Like, ridiculous. yeah, it's um, it's really bad, you guys. And yeah. it's and just everything about it is not great. Except for thing- when she gets kicked in the head with the figure skate, it was pretty yes. dope. I did not see it coming. Um, 
And that ends up, they end up in fourth place and then at the nationals, but then somebody gets disqualified. So then they get to go. And this was one thing, I guess I wasn't paying attention. I thought that their final skate was at the Olympics, but I guess it was some other international competition. Yeah, because I mean, it was in 2008. There weren't even Olympics that year. Well, I didn't realize it was like uh, in real time or something. I I just assumed, I guess I just assumed it was at the Olympics, I guess. Anyway, that was something that I did. Um, the one thing we did disagree on in our conversations is I did not care for the music in this movie. I actually wrote in my notes, I really disliked the music in this, especially the ending with the lame version of She's Like the Wind. The because lame as much as She's Like the Wind is terrible. Unforgivable. Because as much as I like the cutting edge, it has no place in my heart similar to Dirty Dancing, which is something that's very special to me and a movie that I love. And I, and I, so you just tread lightly. (laughs) Well, (laughs) the music I thought was most like, I at least knew some of the songs in the second movie. They literally had like Caterwallin kids bop people with (laughs) their, like they probably made the artists pay them to put it in the movie because it was not good. It was terrible. Mm. The, first, the second movie is terrible, music-wise. Yeah, I, the second I, movie had. Songs I just know that I wrote that in my notes. I really disliked the music in this one, so I don't know. I can't remember what which one. I just, especially that she's like the wind was the was just no. I'll grant you that she's like the wind is terrible. <laughs> I was eleven having fun with these movies and enjoying them. I think that's basically who they're made, but then they have like sex and stuff that I wouldn't want my 11 year old watching. Certainly yeah. not the I'm second one. I'm pretty sure 11 year old me would be like, um, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I, I can't remember if there was too much steaminess in this one. No, they went swimming. Okay. Couldn't remember. But, um, uh, but it definitely the second one does for sure. I wouldn't want my 11-year-old watching that. There's a little bit in the first one, a little bit of sensuality, a little bit of, of profanity, but not too much, I don't think. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, the third one is really bad. But I do agree. I think that the casting isn't terrible. So I'll give it that. Yeah. And so. I mean, the figure skating was not the best, but it was at least better than the last, than the second one. Fair enough. So, okay, so let's talk about The Cutting Edge 4. This was the one in 2010. And the most divisive. Yes, the most divisive one. So I was pretty burned out by the time I watched this one. I put on Twitter, I was like, I feel like I've lost some brain cells after this, <laughs> this Finch Fest <laughs> with four movies. Um, and she's back. And again, I was going with the assumption that she was a gold medal winner because that's what I thought was that the third movie. So there you go. And so my biggest, here's, here's what I think about this movie. So in my opinion, they should have flipped it around. She should have been the famous one. He should have been the one that's trying to leech off of her being famous because figure skaters are way more famous than short track speed skaters and certainly ones that haven't even won anything like there's I, like I, I most people would have a hard time thinking of any short track speed skaters except for Apollo Ono and he didn't become famous until after he won like a million gold medals and so the idea that this guy has a publicist and is super famous and all over the news and that he <laughs> that he has this like party bus with his like image like plastered all over the side of it that he uh that his his managers like uh you have to like you can't be in this figure skating thing because it's like way less marketable and all these companies are going to want you to brand our company is ridiculous so there you go counterpoint So, like, Rachel, he's super famous in speed skating circles. Like, I don't know where you're getting all these illusions. Like, he has this publicist that's like, you have all these brands and all these, these, Rachel, all these sponsorships. Rachel, pub, all athletes have sponsorships. 
like even non-professional. And these interviews, supposedly he's getting all these interviews and like the Stephen Amell characters. Like, where are all of these interviews? The one interview with the guy who's very clearly like, his job is basically like, I am the special Winter Olympics correspondent for KKTUV. Like, he is not. He was definitely trying to be like an Access Hollywood kind well, of a he thing. He was trying to, but that doesn't make that doesn't mean that this guy is the most famous person ever. I could buy a bus and put my face on it. Like, <laughs> I just he just bought a bus. That's where he lives. That's like his house. He's like, how cool am I? I have a bus with my face on it. It does not mean that he's like the world's most famous bus owner and then and then of like and then of course he's having lots of publicity right now which is scaring away his sponsors because he got suspended the reason why he has publicity right now is because he punched another guy in the face but no nobody cares about short like maybe if if it was hockey then maybe maybe like the nhl people would care nobody cared like i don't know i just i just didn't buy him as this diva hollywood guy like and you're and you're you're thought that oh because his publicist is so on top of it and such a hard worker doesn't make sense because he wouldn't be that famous if his publicist is this amazing which he seems like he is of course he's gonna be famous because his publicist is like okay we're gonna be doing this thing we're gonna be doing but then this his publicist thing. would want him to continue in in figure skating Figure skating is way more big than short track skating. I'm just saying. I buy it. I don't know why you would, like, I buy the fact that he has a modicum of celebrity where this girl, it sounds like she has only been skating for two years because it's two years after the last movie. She won the one thing, okay? And then the guy retired at some point between the two, and she hasn't had a partner since this guy. So, like, it could have been six months, and she's been out of the game for like 18 months just teaching children. There is no way, also, that that guy, if that wouldn't have continued on to the Olympics. Like, if that wasn't the Olympics and you just won a gold at the Worlds, of course you would continue on to the Olympics. Like, why would you retire? That's crazy. He broke his leg. I, I, they don't say that, but he could have. <laughs> he could have. Fair enough. Fair enough. I don't know. That was. Also, I just think it would have worked better if she had it. been the famous one. She, he had been the one leeching off of her and trying to get that. That would have been way better. Plus, but, Rachel, in defense of him being the recognizable one or whatever, or having some recognition, uh, dude's a smoke show, so he's gonna get some popularity. Okay, so let's talk about this. So uh, we have a friend, Francia Risa back. Risa, who's right, Risa. beautiful. She is very pretty and, and she's fine. Um, and then we have Brendan Fair as this hotshot short track skater, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so you are in love with Brendan. I am in love with Brendan. <laughs> now Hallmarkies viewers might recognize Brendan from the non the uh, tv movies but feel like hallmark hallmark like kind of movies of the christmas kiss yeah and he was just in wrapped up in christmas wrapped up in christmas and i like him fine but i have no affection for this actor like you do i like i love him he's like luke mcfarlane like to me he's like (laughs) brendan fair to me um obviously i love brendan from roswell and anyone who's seen roswell knows that he's the best the end mm-hmm. the way he delivers his like lines even like the sassy jerk lines he does a great job hmm. he's i i didn't i i just i just didn't buy his character so i didn't buy I, I just didn't buy the characters at all. I thought it was stupid. Sorry. Also, he did a great job skating. He was he was good skating, and, and there were some nice moments, like when like you had said when he's with the kids, and that was cute. And um, but there's some super cringy dialogue in this one. You know, you've got a lot of taunting. It takes a real man to wear a dress to work. You know, kind of things. You've got. Um, you've that's got by, the, by not our main people. 
yeah, fair enough. But like, well, 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 what do we have here? It's two little ice dancers straight from heaven. Um, and, uh, um, and where's your spangly outfit with a unicorn bedazzled on the back? And, uh, and another Stop just line. quoting that guy from the one scene. <laughs> I think I left it on your mother's bed when I was spanking her goodnight. Stop There's another line. One scene, Rachel. This is, this is terrible. It was really bad. What about that time when they're talking about her jammies? That was fun. <laughs> I guess. Oh, also. So. Anyway, so yada, yada, yada. I don't even know why we're talking about it. They just have the, it's the exact same plot as the last two. They train, they fight, they fall in love. There's a misunderstanding. They get to the finals. Yeah. He's, they confess their love. They pull off a big move. They win, presumably. Yeah. Fair enough. And they call it the Markinator, this, this move that they no. do. He, he used a place-holding name and called it the Machinator. Machinator, sorry, I read it wrong. Machinator, yes. He changed and, it to the Great Delgado, which is hilarious. And it's supposedly at the end, like, the, 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 the thing is, supposedly he's, like, going to be able to compete in both the short because he gets put back on the team. Is he going to compete in both? But they're both at the exact same time. So she's, like, waiting. Is he going to come? And so he, like, leaves the short track to be in course with her. And that's the, the thing. Um, and, but this one, it is pretty steamy. Okay. They have strip poker. The, the strip poker, strip poker, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> also, she was wearing a swimming suit. Like, you can't even fool me. That's not underwear. That was legitimately, she was wearing a swimming suit. She mm-hmm. went into that seat, like, but they don't show us this, but she was like, you know what? I'm going to put on my swimming suit and then we're going to play strip poker. Like, <laughs> it because there's no reason why she would just be wearing a swimming suit under her clothing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but let's talk about that time when he locks the door. <laughs> I mean, let's not yes. because Ruth will blush, but <laughs> yes. it was uh, muy caliente. <laughs> they get it on. Let's put it that way. Yes. There you go. That's, that's um, so I love exciting, him. I think I he's super charming. And it carried a lot of the movie for me. Cool. Uh, what is that? We talked about it. So this weekend, we have very exciting going on in Hallmark. We have uh, three movies that are happening this weekend. We have the Very, Very Valentine on Saturday with Danica McKellar and Cameron Matheson. Are you excited for that? I honestly am super excited about it. I feel like Cameron Matheson has, in his non, like in the non Murder She Baked movies, Mm -hmm. has kind of been relegated to not the best movies at home at Mintford, right? Yeah. Woo. And so I'm excited for him to get to be in like a movie that I think could be really fun. Yeah. No, I, I'm really excited too. I think that just the clips I've seen, um, the, the, cause it's kind of like our, he's like the, the, the friend who's always been there. He invites her, finally gets the guts to invite her to this dance. And uh, so it's, it's, they described it as like a reverse Cinderella, which cause like the guy is the one that's kind of, anyway, it looks really cute. I'm excited. And then we have on Sunday, we have, uh, a, um, we have Cooking with Love with Allie Liebert in it. And uh, what Ugh. do you think about this? I'm so excited. It looks really cute. It kind of I looks, know. It kind of reminds me of Recipe for Love, which is one I, I, I really do love. Because um, that one's also sort of about TV and about chefs. And, and you know, she, uh, Allie Liebert's character kind of plays this manager, this produ- producer. You know how like much I love Allie Liebert, you guys. Yeah. So much. So and she gets to I, be the leader again of her own movie. Yeah. So I, I hope it'll be really good. I'll be really cute. It and is going to be really good. Yes. I have zero doubts. <laughs> so, and then the other big news is we have Science Hill delivered the world less traveled. Hashtag postables. Um, what, what? Woo. And I'm almost, I, I've gotten, I've just almost finished watching One in a Million. So I'm getting there, pushing along on the movies. I watched the whole series and uh, we're going to film something, try to film something on Friday. We have a, some, a bunch of stuff that we're trying to, going to try to film on Friday. 
And uh, so we're trying to, uh, to cover postables as exhaustively as we can. Uh, but we'll definitely be covering the movie. And are you excited about this new movie? I'm excited for it. I'm interested to see how the relationships grow. Because, you know, we finally just mm-hmm. gotten to a point where they're, like, actually having relationships with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited about that. Spoiler alert. Yeah. But you've, had, you've seen the last ones. So never mind. Yeah. Spoiler alert rescinded. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm a little concerned that this plot might be a little lame. But you know, we'll see. We'll see yeah. how they do. Yeah, we will see. Hopefully it'll be good. And uh, so anyway, that's coming up this weekend. We're really excited. And uh, and then next week on the podcast, we are so excited. We are going to have Greg McBride, the author of A Heavenly Christmas, the screenwriter. Uh, we're going to have him on the show. We're going to be talking our favorite romances, not just the Hallmark, but all uh, from all over the place. It's going to be super fun, just in time for Valentine's Day. Yeah. Um, you guys should be really into it, because it's going to be... I'm excited. Yeah. So excited. So make sure you're sending us... Send us your favorites. Like, what are your favorite classic romantic uh, romantic romances, romantic comedies, dramas, whatever you like? Let us know. And we're going to have so much fun talking about that. So lots of fun stuff in the future for us. Where can people find you? Um, as always, people can find me. I'm at Amber Brainwaves on Twitter, and that's it. Awesome. Yeah, you can find me at Rachel's Reviews on iTunes and YouTube. And we just barely did our podcast on The Last Jedi. A little bit late, my friends Abby and Jeremy and me, uh, we talked all about it. So check that out on, uh, on my channel, on my other channel. And also on Thursday, I'm going to be doing a whole 2018 animation preview with my friend uh, 22 Tiger Dude. It's going to be really fun. So check that out too. And uh, yeah, so you can follow me on uh, Twitter, social media at SmellingLDS Girl. And make sure you're following the podcast on iTunes and uh, here on YouTube and at uh, Instagram and Twitter at Homeworkies Pod. We try to post every day. And uh, so it's, it's just a lot of fun. And we, we really want to hear your feedback. And let us know what you think of these cutting edge movies. Uh, and tell us, uh, uh, tell us which ones you like of the four. So, and yeah, if you thanks. love Friend and Fair, yes, obviously <laughs> tweet that at me for sure. Uh, so, all right. Well, thanks so much, and we will see you all uh, next week. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.